Tales of the Travelling Bag by Griselda Hill Narrated by William Merrin Hill On his first adventure into the wide world beyond the nest, Jerry the gerbil meets Jesus. With the help of his human friends Joanna and Joel, he becomes a disciple and accompanies Jesus throughout his travels and ministry. Tale number six Winds and Waves Matthew 14, verses 22 to 33 Jerry sat on the stone for a long, long time, while the sounds of the evening grew around him. For a little while he heard the birds cheeping softly as they fluffed up their feathers and settled in the trees. A late bee buzzed. In the distance an owl hooted once, twice, the eerie mournful cry echoing among the crags of the lonely place and causing shivers to run down his spine. A passing moth blundered by and brushed against his whiskers so that he leapt to his feet startled and nervous, but the master's quiet, steady, praying voice calmed his fears and he hunkered down once more. Gradually the sounds ceased, and clouds began to pass in front of the moon until it was blotted out altogether, and the night grew darker and darker, so that Jerry could no longer see branches against the sky. With the darkness came the wind. It began with a rustling in the trees as it whispered through the leaves. But the whispering grew to a muttering, and the muttering grew to a moaning as the boughs took up the cry and began to salute the wind, waving their twigs high in the sky. Suddenly the moon burst through the blackness and sailed out in full splendour, filling the world with dappling silver shadows that flickered and danced among the moonbeams. The master rose, holding out his hand for the little gerbil to climb onto his shoulder. It's time to go, he said. We must join the others. But they went in the boat, Master, said Jerry, clambering up the linen sleeve to his place on the Master's shoulder. And the boat's gone now. We'll meet them on the other side, replied the Master reassuringly. With long, even strides, he walked back along the path through the bushes, up the bleak hillside, and out into the full force of the wind at the top. Looking down from his perch, Jerry saw the lake spread out below them in the moonlight. Far, far away he could see the fishing boat, black against the foam. The sail was stowed, and four men manned the oars, bent double and straining. Two held the steering oar to keep the boat on course, but they were barely making headway against the gale. Blown spray rose high above the tumultuous waves to fall in frothy patterns, only to be blown again. They row against the wind, master! We'll have to wait a while! shouted Jerry, cowering down into the linen hood in case he was blown away himself. The master stood, buffeted by wind, his hair whipping round his face, enjoying the freshness of the air and the wildness of the scene before him. Hold tight, little one, he said, and began to make his way down to the bay. They reached the beach, where the water was lapping high on the stones and running up the sand. It was calmer here, 
sheltered by the headland that took the full force of the wind. The moon was low in the sky, and towards them, across the threshing waves, shone a sparkling path of moonlight that glittered and glimmered like a gleaming, rippling silver ribbon reaching to the very shore where the master's feet stood on the shimmering sand. It was as if the moon in her glory bowed in reverence to the Creator, casting her silver cloak at his feet. Beside and behind rose the black rocks, dark against the star-studded sky. The master stepped across the torn green weed that had been swept ashore, and splashing, he entered the shallows. Jerry stared out across the heaving waves to the distant boat. It was gradually being swept back towards them, despite the efforts of the rowers. They had been rowing for hours. They must be very tired, he thought, wondering whether his brother was missing him. A sudden gust of wind gave him a buffet on the side of the head, catching him unaware and flipping his ear inside out. Tightening his grip, he ducked back into safety. The gust had come from the north. Strange. This is a sheltered bay. Has the wind changed, he thought, and turned towards the headland. It had gone. Master, he cried and glanced wildly round. There, but way, way behind them, was the headland. There, too, was the distant beach and the hillside where he had lain in the warm sunshine only that afternoon. Around him there was nothing but water. Heaving, tossing, foam-covered waves, rising and falling, rising and falling and he was rising and falling with them. Sandaled feet were walking comfortably and easily down into the troughs and up the slopes of the waves. Master, he cried again, we're in the middle of the lake. There was a chuckle. Are you holding on tightly, little one? asked the master. Yes, master, very tightly, with all my four feet, wailed Jerry, and my tail. There was another chuckle, and a hand reached up and tucked the gerbil into the hood more securely. Did you want to walk instead? No, no, not at all, no, Jerry faltered, shaking his head emphatically. Thank you, he added as an afterthought. He looked down at the water again and shuddered. That the master was walking on the water troubled him not at all. After seeing water turn to wine and the feeding of so many people from five loaves and two fishes, he knew the master could do anything. Truly, he was the son of the one he called father. Walking on water was almost to be expected. But for Jerry Gerbil to walk on water, well, that's a different matter, he decided. They rose on a crest and he saw that the fishing boat was now not far away. Someone had finally seen them. There was a shout, a scream, and an oar slipped over the bullocks and vanished into the depths. Immediately the boat slewed round and was caught by the wind. The next wave filled it, and the fisherman floundered to get control. Peter, it had to be Peter, for he was the strongest, leaned on the steering oar and brought them back into the wind, by which time Andrew had the spare oar in its rollock and they were underway once more two men bailing frantically. 
The master drew level with them and made to pass by, but now that the danger of sinking was averted, the crew had time to be really frightened. "'It's a ghost!' cried one. "'Have courage, it's all right, it's me,' called the master. "'Really it is. Don't be afraid.' Peter squinted out across the surging water. "'Master, if it is you!' he shouted, screwing up his eyes against the spray. "'Tell me I can come to you!' The master grinned. "'Peter, the impetuous one. "'Peter, the one who would always take a dare. "'Peter, the good-natured, who laughed at his own mistakes. "'Come,' he called, and held out his hand.' Thomas dropped the baler and threw out his arm to prevent Peter, but Peter brushed it aside, jumped onto the bullock, and, fixing his eyes on the master, leapt into the sea. There he stood, on the waves, one arm outstretched towards the master, the other holding the boat. "'Trust me,' said the master. "'Just let go of the boat.' Peter let go. Jerry's jaw dropped and he breathed. Oh! Peter was walking towards them, step after step. Jerry could see his brother Billy behind him, peeping over the side of the boat, his eyes as big as dinner plates. The disciples were cheering. Then a gust caught Peter's shirt and lifted it high. Peter took his eyes off the master and immediately sank. "'Save me, master!' he cried as he went under. But the master's hand was already there and drew him up, coughing and spluttering. "'Oh, Peter, you were doing so well. Why did you doubt me?' he said, putting his arm around Peter's shoulders. Willing hands hoisted them both into the boat, and there was much quiet laughter and backstabbing as Peter was dried off with a damp sack. But they looked at the master with awe. Truly, said John, truly you are the Son of God. And when they again laid their hands to the oars, they found that the wind had dropped and the waves were rolling gently. In here, said Billy to Jerry, and the two gerbils scurried along the gunnels and down among the sails where they curled up together. It was awful, confided Billy. The boat was going up and down so that I felt really sick. I wish I'd stayed with you. I followed the master over the hill to a quiet place where he prayed. I think that's what he does every morning. I've seen him leave the house early almost every day. Billy nodded. I have too, he said. He calls God his father, calls him daddy, just like we call our father daddy too. They were silent, remembering that only that morning, that morning? Oh, so many years ago it seemed that they had seen Joanna with the carrying bag and its precious contents returning to Nazareth. There was a bump and the sound of wood grating on shingle. We're there, said Jerry. Come on, hurry, or we'll be left behind. And they hopped into the fish basket to hitch a ride back to the house. Supper and a warm fire. <laughs>